Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Late June, Hell Let Loose, Imprison, Chasm, hitting the East Coast. If you're in Wallingford, Connecticut, Lake Como, New Jersey, Long Island, New York, or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, please roll out, support both bands, support Takedown Records, support From Within Records. It's awesome to see Las Vegas hardcore hitting the East Coast, and I'm excited for all of you to experience both bands. Coming soon, Sheer Force, Streets of Pain cassette tape, Hellbound, live promo cassette tape, Worn, Condensing Flesh 7-inch, shout out Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and also Strike Force fanzine issue number one. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. If you're not subscribed to dudes doing movies on the from within records podcast network, I highly suggest you do so shout out Dan shout out Lennon. They're doing some amazing stuff over there. So do yourself a favor, boot up your Apple podcast or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe to their podcast right now. I also want to send out a big congratulations to Carter for graduating college. We're also proud of you. If you're looking for good quality merch, please hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing, or you can email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com, and you can thank me later. They just put out their Marauder Rip. And that should go so hard for anyone who follows me on Instagram. I posted uh, my shirt that they printed for me and I am so excited to receive that. So shout out good fortune printing. I love everything that they do. Uh, I'm back from vacation. Uh, I had people hitting me up wondering where the episode was last week, but you know, took some time off, went to Palm Springs, saw my family, Hung out with Nate. For anyone who watched the Desert X vlog, I appreciate that. Uh, like I've been saying, we're on YouTube now, uh, hitting it heavy. Uh, so just about the Desert X vlog. And, and that was on the new vlogging camera, right? So uh, obviously I lost my original one, but here we are with a new one. Uh, this is actually a new lens. So this, uh, the Desert X vlog wasn't shot with this lens. Um, that was with the, the old lens. And there's a, vlog dropping tomorrow from when I went to see Nmix, which was shot uh, with the old lens and my cell phone because they wouldn't allow my camera into the venue because they said it was too nice. Uh, if I'm being honest, they're just being haters because the cameras on our cell phones are amazing. Like the the footage that you see, like the live footage of Nmix that you'll see on, on the vlog tomorrow, shot on my cell phone, not that far off from my camera, uh, but whatever. Uh, so th that was fine. I hope all of you who are curious about it, please check out the vlog tomorrow. It it's awesome. Uh, I recorded most of their set, but in the vlog, spoiler alert, I only put in their cover of TT by twice, which is probably one of my favorite moments of the showcase outside of them playing or them singing funky glitter Christmas acapella because of my sign, the, the, the sign that I showed, it's in my car right now, so I can't show it to you guys right now, but, but if you watched or, uh, yeah, if, if you watch the, the podcast and video, I showed the sign and I wrote, like, I was more stoked on the, 
side with Haywan and Bay doing the cat pose than Funky Glitter Christmas because I wrote, I have terrible penmanship, right? So I was not stoked on how <laughs> my writing of Funky Glitter Christmas came out. Uh, so I was, uh, I'm being honest, I was a little bit embarrassed to show that side of my sign. But when I was walking to the venue, so many people in line were making a big deal about the fact that I wrote Funky Glitter Christmas on it. Like they were legitimately excited and I felt a little weird about it because I'm like, dude, this looks like shit, like whatever. Fast forward to soundcheck, uh, NMix performs like two songs and Lily, she asked the crowd, Hey, like, what would you guys like to hear? And before she could even finish her sentence, I'm reaching for my sign and I hold it up and Soliun notices it and points to it and starts freaking out like, Oh my God. And then everybody kind of like focuses, like, like the group kind of focuses on my sign and they're like, wow, the, <laughs> he pulled it out pretty quick. And they're just like, okay, well we don't have the the uh, audio track prepared for that, but we'll just sing an acapella. And that was, that was amazing because I never thought I would hear that song live. Uh, obviously it would be cool to hear the full version, but the fact that they just sang it because of my sign, I was, I was blown away. Amazing night. You're welcome. Everybody at the Wiltern that was there that night that got to experience that you could thank me later, but check out tomorrow's vlog. It's awesome. And the vlogs are nonstop. Uh, I just filmed a vlog over the weekend, which will be out either later this week or next week. I, I have to, I still have to edit it. Uh, but I went to the stateside music video shoot for their upcoming single. I'm not sure if I'm out. I, I probably shouldn't say what song it's for. Cause I don't know. That's announced. I don't want to, uh, say things I'm not supposed to, but stateside friends, great, great friends of mine. Awesome pop punk from out here in Southern California, but they shot a music video. I went, filmed a bunch of stuff. It was so much fun. Shout out to Stateside. And I can't wait to show all of you the footage. And obviously in the vlog, I don't film any of the music video uh, because that's coming out soon. I think that's all I can say about that. But uh, shooting these vlogs are fun. It's probably uh, my new passion, but that's where I've been on vacation, but we're back. We had to track down our good friend, Jayway representing Elizabeth, New Jersey for anyone who may be living under a rock like I was up until a couple months ago, but Bayway is an amazing band. They have put out some awesome music. If you're not familiar, please hit pause, do yourself a favor, go boot up your Spotify, your Apple music, Bandcamp, whatever it is and search up Bayway, right? Because they're doing some, some cool shit. They just put out a new, was it, is it fair to call it a promo, a, a teaser, um, titled the Newport sessions put out by RTF records and days. And it, it was so cool for me to find out about Bayway through my good friend, Jacob Smith, who plays in fool's game. And then to be able to reach out to, the band get in contact with the singer Jay and just have this awesome podcast. It, it was so cool to be able to sit here and speak with Jay and hear about his history and hear about how the band came together. It wasn't an overnight success like he mentions. And it, it was really fun for me and to hear his passion and what the band is striving to do just makes me like them so much more. So please go listen to Bayway, and then come back here 
and listen to Jay and I talk about the band. It's awesome. Support them. Support RTF Records. Support Days. But please, strap in. Enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome J-Way to the show. podcast jay how's it going how we doing bro how we doing uh, i'm doing great I'm, I'm excited uh that you were down to do the podcast i'm excited to have you here today so i appreciate you taking the time to come on and do the podcast bro you look good you know what i'm saying from my from my angle you look fantastic mustache is on fleek okay hair good it's flowing you know what i mean i'm <laughs> jealous bro. I'm, I'm jealous you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's been a long time a long time I, I, I appreciate the compliments. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, you sing for a band called Bayway, but I, I'm just curious about your history with New Jersey hardcore. I, I also want to build up to Bayway because this is something that's uh, been around for a little over a year. So I, I want to build up to that for the people who may not know that much about you. Can we get the history of uh, your career in hardcore? Yeah. Um I was in a bunch of bands like early on that really, I don't think anybody probably ever heard of, but uh, I was really fortunate to, to be around a lot of heavy hitters in, in the New Jersey scene. I, we, we rehearsed at a place called dome studios, which if you ever watched like the New Jersey hardcore documentary uh, it was filmed there. Um, So, I mean, my first, my first experience with hardcore was at that building. Um, I went in and we were going to practice and E-Town Concrete was in room C, NJ Bloodline was in room B and Agents of Man was in room A. So I knew nothing about really any of these bands other than E-Town. And then I kind of walked into that and that was my first like uh, experience in hardcore. So um, Reek from NJ Bloodline, rest in peace. He, he put me on to like going to shows and stuff like that and started breaking me into going to shows and um I saw like Shattered Realm and VFW halls with E-Town and NJ Bloodline. It was just a different time, like Redline. Uh, a lot of bands that are just like absolutely insane to think about seeing them together at like a fucking 150 person VFW now. But uh, it, it was just like, a, it was a different time back then. And I, I got in, I got in around that time and, and they just took me under their wing. You know, uh, a lot of guys just brought me in and just, just put me on to, to what to do, what not to do and what to say. And, and uh, who to hang out with and who not to. And I can't thank them enough for that. Um, the old heads, OGs always looked out for me. They just did. So, you know, uh, along that time period or whatever, I just started playing shows. Uh, I used to play pl- uh, at a place called Birdshell, uh, a place called Chrome in New Jersey. It's pretty infamous with a lot of like, you know, really extreme uh, dancing uh, from back in the day. Um, and, you know, I just kept networking kept networking, kept doing things, uh, got involved with, with a bunch of, of, of friends at the time, um, and got involved with the early version of Year Spent Cold, um, played guitar in that band for a long time, uh, wrote a bunch of records with them, um, and, uh, you know, just decided that I was going to go and kind of like go off to Florida, do my own thing. I wanted to see if I could have a relationship with some of my family. So I went and did that. 
And uh, that shit didn't work out. Spoiler. Um, but uh, I came back to, to Jersey. And when I got back here, I was playing in a death metal band for a little while, playing drums. But it was never really my scene. Um, so, you know, COVID happened. And coming out of COVID, I was just like, you know, if we're going to do music again, or if I'm going to do music again, I want to do something that makes me feel good. That reminds me of when I was a kid, when I first got into hardcore and like really try to capture that feeling in that time frame for me. And, uh, that's, that's when Bayway happened. Um, and you know, it's kind of been just like this really kind of fun, ridiculous experience ever since it, it started happening. It started out as a joke, like, yo, let's just call the band Bayway. Um, and like they had sent me, we had, we were working on demos and stuff like that. And like, I was like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not like I'm going to rap on the demo or nothing like that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do anything crazy. And the next thing it was like, maybe I'm just going to say Bayway as many times as possible and rap on it and just be like ultra ridiculous and just kind of, you know, enjoy myself. And once the name Bayway kind of became a thing, it was sort of like all the guards were let down. Like I didn't care about what it sounded like. I wasn't trying to sound like this or do that or whatever. It was just like, I'm going to have as much fun as humanly possible. And hopefully that translates to the audience. For sure. And that was like, that was the square one for this band, you know? Okay. There's a, a lot to unpack there. Uh, but I, I just want to go back to you talking about, uh, you know, the old heads. Uh, I, I think that's really important for younger kids in hardcore to have, uh, some old heads, people who've been around to just kind of uh, guide them in the right direction, not uh, you know, necessarily have to like follow them, but I feel just like a nudge in a certain direction and kind of let people find their own path. But I, I, I totally, I know how that is because for me in my early days, if I didn't uh, hang out with certain people from the Inland Empire that just gave it to me real and told me how hardcore really was, because obviously I was a young kid, brand new to hardcore, thought everything was uh, you know super fun and sweet, but when I, things got broken down to me, how things really work behind the scenes it kind of uh, opened my eyes and gave me a, a real perspective on what hardcore really is at a very young age so i think that's one important thing that i learned early on and um, something that has enabled me to stick around for so long and actually care about it and not get blindsided about the reality of hardcore i totally agree i feel like you know the important parts of hardcore were you know like the integrity and the friendship the family aspect for me that's mm. what drew me to hardcore um, I didn't have much of a family life. My shit was real fucked up at home. So when I got to shows, I felt the acceptance from those people who, who maybe were, maybe they were as fucked up as me, or maybe they weren't, or, but we were all looking for something and we were all looking for family. And, you know, I met my wife in hardcore. I met all of my friends. I mean, we're going on, I'm, I'm 36 years old. The people I hang out with to this day, I met between the ages of 15 to 18 in hardcore. Like, I don't, I have friends outside of hardcore, sure, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they're my friend. Like if I, if I'm gonna call somebody cause I have a problem or I need somebody to help me, like it's these people that I met in hardcore that are like my staple, you know, people that have, I've surrounded myself with for so many years. And you know, that was, that was handed down to me through the old heads, you know, like Reek, Reek was was instrumental. Reek NJ Bloodline was instrumental in putting me on and and showing me what it was about and showing me that you know, like we're all from Elizabeth and it's a tiny spot and it's produced some really cool shit. But like you know, 
the family aspect of that and the like, we all come from this place and it's it's not exactly easy to live there. It's hard. And and that like really just created a brotherhood that is, uh, you know, you can't really put words to it. It's just, if you know, you know, like if, you know, if you have that in your life and you've met people that you fuck with on that level, you have it. And if you don't, then I feel sorry for you. Man, it, it, it's rare and special because when I, I, I've said this before, but when I look around, uh, at my peers from out here in Southern California, from when I first started going to shows, there's not a whole lot of people around from that era. So, you know, right. when, when we see each other, we, we, we know what's up, you know, there's that respect there, but, uh, you know, there's so many uh, younger and new kids. I, I hope they're able to, you know, stick around and find something meaningful in hardcore. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think you've been along. It's, it, it sounds to me like you've been around long enough to know that some of them will, and some of them won't. And it's just the way that it goes. Right. And it's just like, it goes in cycles, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's cool though, because like in the past year that I've really been back out, like I had a baby. So for the last like 10 years, I just been being dad, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So coming out of being dad, coming out of the pandemic, I'm like, yo, I want to establish myself. I want to go back to shows. Like I miss this. And so as I started doing that, you know, I see people that I've, I've known for years, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's awesome to see the people that are still around and still doing it and still like super into it because I feel like, you know, it's cliche, but real recognize real. Like when you've been around hardcore this long, like it's not an accident, mm-hmm. you know, like people that wound up in hardcore for 15, 20 years and, and not every single person on earth hates their fucking guts. Like, that didn't happen by accident. You know, like there's times where you tread lightly. There's times where there's lots of drama. There's all of that. But mm-hmm. but that's hardcore, right? That's what family is about. Family's always been like that. Like, I don't know a single person that doesn't have drama with somebody in their family. Yeah, same here. That's true. Very true. You know? So it's like, that's to me, that's hardcore. Hardcore is just one big, you know, misfit family. And I am uh, curious, you, you mentioned a stint in Florida. Which part of Florida did you go to? I was uh, in central Florida. So I was like uh, 15 minutes outside of Orlando. Okay. And did you try to uh, you know, get involved with the local scene out there? No, I was in a, I was in a project down there um, with this guy who was, <laughs> let, let's just put it at strange. We'll just leave him okay. at strange. That's the best <laughs> way I can describe it. You know what I mean? Okay. It was just a very, it was a strange situation. We used to rehearse at his grandparents' house and they were both hard of hearing and we would basically be practicing in the living room while they were in the living room watching subtitles and it was just like i could never get used to how weird it was Mm -hmm. so it was like and these were the people i just kept finding and and, you know no no knocks on florida i love florida i got a lot of family there but i couldn't find i couldn't find the hardcore people in florida that i could connect with you know Uh, what i mean yeah for sure it was the time frame or Maybe it was the type of music I was trying to create at the time or whatever, but it just never seemed to click. You know, it just never worked out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that seems like a, a, yeah. if I was a, a, a newer person going into that situation, I don't think I could ever get comfortable just going into someone else's home and doing that kind of music while they're present. Who, you know, obviously still, they might not be able to hear. Weird. It was the weirdest experience of my life. And it was like, uh, you know, I did it for a long time, though, because I was like, I just wanted to be musically active. You know, mm-hmm. like my whole life, I've been musically active since five years old. I've been playing drums. So like I always want to make music, but like I just never found the right lane to create the music I wanted to create there. So it just never worked out, you know, but I just kept kept fighting for it, kept wanting to do it. And 
once I got back to Jersey, it was just like I got back with my people, and that was the end of that, you know? And what was it a hard choice to go back to Jersey after leaving? To be honest with you, no, I had a I had a little baby girl. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, I, I don't know, I'm not I'm not gonna get into politics too much, but as far as like the political landscape of Florida and things like that, and you know, I just didn't see myself wanting to raise a girl there. It just wasn't, it didn't sound like a good, it didn't feel like a good idea to me at the time. So I, I did what I had to do, you know, like I, I knew that I would have more help here because I knew that my girl's parents were here and, you know, my mom is here. So I knew that she would have a bigger family aspect. And I wanted to try to give her that because that was something that I felt like was missing in my life. Yeah, and that, that that's really important. That, that that's awesome that you're able to, uh, you know, think of your daughter's future and you know make that transition to give her a better life. That's what's up. I mean, once once you become a parent, man, you know, it's about you still because at the end of the day, if you're not happy, then what example are you providing for your kid? But at the end of the day, it's it's about her. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it was it was about her, and she's ten now. Like I said, so like she's she's her own person now. So it's like. You know, I'm I'm like finally getting back to to being me, which is kind of uh, kind of crazy. Like she, you know, she don't need dad around for every single thing. Mm. You know, so yeah. it's it's uh it's it's kind of crazy, but it's it's enabled me to do Bayway. So I, you know, I fuck with it. Shout out to her. Thank her for for allowing me to be who I am. Hundred percent. Yeah, there's a lot of respect for you to to be able to, uh, you know, step away for a, a brief period of time and you know be responsible because I, uh, you know, could easily see how it could have gone the other way, where you put yourself yeah. first. So, I mean, you know, and sometimes I did. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh man, I was the greatest, blah blah blah. Like I fucked up here and there, but you know, at the end of the day, I I had a father who, who didn't do any of the right things, so I had a great example as to what not to do. So I just followed his blueprint as to what not to do. And I think I, I, you know, that's all you could do, right? Like generationally, you just try to heal some of this trauma. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was it. You know, that was, that was all I was trying to do. Okay. So you, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, go back to New Jersey. Now you're able to, to do Bayway. Uh, whose idea was it to start the band? Uh, where did you meet the members? We were, uh, I met the members. Well, Back in the day, there used to be a spot called Chrome I referenced earlier. These kids used to play uh, Chrome. I used to play Chrome. And then we used to play this other spot. It was called Bloomfield Ave Cafe. Like every fucking band that you could you could think of came through that spot. And uh, we always used to like kind of be in the same circles, but we never really like, we never really knew it. Then I just started hanging out with them. Um, Chris, who's the guitar player for Bayway, been my friend forever. Dave, who plays drums in Bayway. They were both in a band called This Means Everything, um, you know, and they they were playing in bands for a long time. I met them then. Uh, one of my best friends started playing bass for them. So we we, came, we became like a tight knit kind of, you know, group. And uh, our bass player, I've known him since I was like 15 years old. He was in like every weird death metal, metalcore, hardcore band that I had started throughout those years of my life. So we all kind of just knew each other um from years and years like 15 years playing with each other on and off and um we started writing a demo me and chris and uh we started playing with dave dave has more of like a hip-hop sort of bouncy drumming style Mm -hmm. and that sort of dictated where we were headed at first it was like a little more metal sounding but like no matter what you do dave is gonna play what dave plays and you know all power to him i I appreciate the shit out of him for it because it's unique because he doesn't sway like he just 
he does what he does. You know what I mean? And you got to live in that world with him. And that's what Bayway Sound is about. And um, so, yeah, we, we started playing. We wrote a demo and we were like, yo, what are we going to call it? And uh, Elizabeth and Lyndon border each other. And where they border each other is a Bayway refinery. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris was like, let's call it Bayway. Uh, when I was born, I actually lived in Bayway, which is a section of Elizabeth. So for me, it was a no brainer. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, that sounds great. You know what I mean? We can't call the band E-Town Concrete because they already took that. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Let's just go with Bayway, next best thing. And uh, and the rest is kind of just history. You know, we, we wrote uh, the first demo was Bayway, uh, Bayway, Bayway. And uh, it all started with Makeway, motherfucker. You know, I was just trying to like, make them laugh and enjoy the demo. And it just kind of was like, yo, you can't take that out of there. That's got to stay in. Like that's, that's part of, of what we are. And it's just like, okay, you know, the freedom to be yourself is, is super important. It's just unapologetically New Jersey. And was there ever any thought of you playing drums? Cause obviously you mentioned you're, you know, a longtime yeah, drummer. I played drums uh, my whole life. I never wanted to. It was always like a situation where it was like, if a band needed a drummer, I'd hop in and play drums. I also play guitar. So at first we were writing songs with me playing guitar. And then I jumped over to doing vocals once we got the demo done. And uh, I was like, you know, let me see if, if this works. And um, it did. And that that was it. You know, it was just kind of like a unique sounding thing. And we were like, all right, let's 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 put it out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And I, I can uh, appreciate that, uh, you know, um, unapologetic you just being yourself because i i feel like that's what makes bands stand out you know obviously representing where they're from but just being themselves because i i know so many people who are uh, afraid to be themselves or who don't even know who they really are because they, they just want to be like they want to fit in they want to be popular or whatever it is and it, it always just makes me scratch my head that uh, people live their lives that way so when i hear you say that i'm like okay this is why you guys have in my opinion like that that special flavor that stands out to me in, in this day and age when, when i first listened to to Bay Away, i was like wow th- this shit sounds so good and I, I i couldn't really put my finger on why it just like stood out but you know i'm thinking it's because you guys are just yourselves and uh, you're doing what you want to do instead of just worrying about fitting in in this day and age of hardcore yeah i mean you know it was like we took what influenced us which is obviously the bands of of this this area you know nj bloodline e-town bulldoze you know train of thought fury of five like one for one like these bands were so big for us they all came from this concentrated area in new jersey and it was like they, they were all just like fucking squeezing the best shit out of each other, you know, like one up in each other. You know what I mean? Always trying to do better. Um, and that that kind of mentality, like really just propels you to, to just like, man, like I got to rep Jersey. And like if I rep Jersey, like I got to rep it hard. Like I got I can't like, you know, I can't come behind these guys who put this shit on the map like a Fury of Five put Jersey on the map. You can't come behind them and, and with some whack shit. You know what I mean? Like you got to come with, with, with good shit. Like, and the coolest part about all these bands, in my opinion, every band that I just named, they all did their own thing. You know what I mean? Like Fury sounds like Fury of Five. Like that's who they sound like. Mm-hmm. Like E-Town sounds like fucking E-Town. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's bands that try to emulate it. Sure. But like they're themselves. Like they're like Stickman's unapologetically Stickman. Like you're not going to find a different version of him if you see him on Tuesday at the Waffle House or some shit, he's going to be stick man, you know, like, and that's the coolest part about these guys. 
And I feel like, you know, to speak on the uniqueness is like, there's only one me, right? So like, that's, that's it. That's the only uniqueness I have. Like I could try to be like you, you know what I mean? But like, I'll never be real if I'm doing that. And, and it's never going to like, it's never going to feel like me. Like, what should I do? Like, should I hide my Jersey accent? Like hide the fact that I'm like a greasy Guido? Like, what am I supposed to like? This is who I am. You know, like I can't help it. It just is what it is. Like, so fuck it. Embrace it. Right. Hundred percent. No, I, I, I think it's awesome. So it, it's it's cool for me. Obviously, someone from the outside. I'm a dude, uh, a dude from California. So when I you know listen to your band, I'm like, all right, this uh, is cool that they're representing your area. Because to me, people that have pride in where they're from, I, I think that is uh, very special. And I feel like more people should rep where they're from way harder than they are. Because uh, for me, I I, I love being from uh, Southern California. I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area, but now I reside in Orange County. So I, I do my best to try to, uh, you know, uh, represent Orange County hardcore, talk about Orange County hardcore as much as I can. And uh, I, I appreciate when people do that for their own area. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what used to like really make. And, and it's it's happening a lot more now, I feel like, which is great. Because like, if you look at it, it's like, you know, all that New York hardcore, like it meant so much because they put on for New York hardcore so hard that like it was undeniable. It was like, yo, if you fuck with New York hardcore, like, you can name four bands. If you say New York hardcore, there's probably like four staple bands in your head that you could think of. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you talk about California, you know what I mean? Like you're thinking about specific bands like and that to me is amazing. Like that's the way that it should be. Like when I think of Jersey I got my top four, you know what I mean? I got the pillars mm -hmm. of, of Jersey hardcore. And like, you know, I could only hope to be included in that conversation. And the only thing that I, I want to do is make sure that while I'm doing music, I'm just putting on for Jersey and trying to be at the Jersey shows. Like when bands come through from other States, try to get out, support it. You know what I'm saying? And let them know that Jersey has a scene and try to build up that scene. And that's what I would hope everybody would do, because that creates the best part about hardcore, which is the network. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm speaking to you right now. You're in California. I'm in Jersey. We're on opposite coasts. And the only reason we're having a conversation is because of hard. 100 percent. Yes. Holy shit. You know, what I mean, you can't take that away from that. You know, it's the fucking coolest thing on earth. Like you could go. I've been to the UK on tour and you go there and. I don't fucking know nothing about their culture. You know what I mean? I, I probably seem like a fucking weirdo to them. Like I, you know, like they think America, you just walk around with a gun or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, but you go over there, you start talking music. And the next thing you know, you could be best friends with somebody on the other side of the world, because just like that, you got something in common. You know what I mean? Like they fuck with bulldoze and you're like, yeah, me too, motherfucker. Let's go. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah and th that's what makes hardcore so special right it, it's it, it it is a trip how it's uh you know so worldwide but still so underground because it, it's yeah. not as common as you think even though we have the internet and we see it everywhere places we probably would have never expect but it, it still maintains like that uh you know level of uh, being underground still very niche it's still very punk and it's it's very cool because it is you know mm -hmm. it's one of the few things i feel like is still like that yeah you know most things are just like so widespread and commercial. And I feel like, you know, even though people like, oh, hardcore is like this or like that, whatever they say, but like, I don't know, man, like it's, it's still pretty fucking underground. Like you're seeing the same people constantly. If you're going out to shows, like it's a, it's a group and it's a, it's a niche group. Like it's not, you know, very rarely are you seeing like 
a group of 50 people that you have no, you never seen them before in your life. Unless you go into a fest and you're seeing somebody from Ohio or some shit that you never met. Mm -hmm. But like, if I go to Jersey, I was at Gorilla Biscuits the other night. Like, I knew mad people at Gorilla Biscuits. Like, it was sold out. That's That means it's like, you know, three, three, four hundred motherfuckers in there. But I knew a lot of those people. And that's what hardcore is, right? Like, that's the community that surrounds it, which makes it so special. And I'm curious, in the time that you stepped away, uh, were you paying attention with what was going on in hardcore? You know what? I was a little bit. Um, I'm not going to lie and say, like, I was big into, like, everything that was happening. But there was a lot of stuff that was going on in New Jersey, specifically, that I was following. Because there was bands like... um, when I was gone, there was bands that came in like homicidal and it was just like all these like heavy hitter Jersey cats that like you're watching them all be in one band and you're just like, fuck man. Like I liked every single one of your bands individually. And now y'all just get together and you're just going to write the hardest shit possible. Like I was mad cause I couldn't go see him play, you know, but like I was far away. It just was what it was. But like there was bands like that, that just kind of stepped on the scene during that time where they were just like writing such hard, heavy shit. And it was so fucking cool. And there was like sort of a resurgence of all the guys that I had grown up with, like loving their shit. Like the late nineties cats were coming out with really, really hard hitting shit in like the 08 to, you know, 2013 type of era. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I was out of, you know what I mean? And I started coming back to it. Um, I started coming back to it then like 2013, 2014, I start really paying attention to you know what was happening and, and starting to get into some of the bands and stuff like that okay because yeah, I, I feel like uh you know even today jersey still has uh cool hardcore scenes uh shout out to my buddy dylan uh, he sings for a band called shackled and he runs a label called takedown records i, I know him and uh our, our buddy greg uh, have been booking some pr- pretty cool shows down there and yeah, greg just did gorilla biscuits the other night mm-hmm. that was was huge it was great um, I played for for Dylan and Greg um, uh, at a show that was like five minutes from my house, but it speaks to hardcore, right? Like my my first show was at a Kenilworth VFW hall, and like my third show back with Bayway was at a Kenilworth VFW hall, thrown by Greg and Dylan. You know what I mean? And like hardcore came out on a Tuesday, like a hundred people paid on a Tuesday to see Bayway at eight thirty, and you know it's like stupid you know what i mean it's like i love that shit and it just it speaks to the jersey scene it's really on the come up right now and it's it's nice man there's a lot of a lot of newer kids that are putting on for it mm. a lot of kids been around for a while and then you know the og motherfuckers that are just coming out the fucking woodwork right now and it's it's great to see them it's great to see them yeah yeah, it, it's awesome to, to to be able to have a scene and to see people from all different ge- generations still coming out and supporting because you know hardcore uh, is only alive because you know people putting in the work, right? Because I always say you know during the pandemic it, it kind of opened up everybody's eyes that without people putting in the work to keep it alive, this thing could easily fade away. Because we saw with the loss of shows, uh, that was a big aspect that people couldn't you know do in, in terms of hardcore. But for people who were able to uh, maintain labels, start new bands do zines podcast it showed that with the effort of the community this thing could never die yeah i mean that's that's sort of why um i'm so excited about the people that i i'm working with like label wise uh pat rtf uh great friend of mine long long time friend love him to death like he's done so much 
for New Jersey to put bands on, like, you know, still putting out tapes, still putting out records, like trying desperately to get bands on, like always, he'll always be just like, he's like punk rock at his core, DIY at his core. And like, he's just going to keep going and keep putting shit out and keep putting it in everybody's face. And like, he just loves it. Like he's so passionate about it. And then to be able to kind of get that bridge from Pat to work with Lumpy from days. And like, obviously, you know, Lumpy's been able to achieve a lot. Um, you know, in a small amount of time, putting out a ton of bands, you know what I mean? With great success. So it was, it was huge to be able to work with these guys that are so passionate about hardcore and love it, you know, like they're, they themselves are collectors, mm-hmm. you know, like I talk with these guys mostly about bands from the nineties, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, that's, that's what we talk about. It's like, yo, like what's the oldest band that you could think of that you think I'd fuck with that I haven't heard? Tell me that band. I want to know. And then I'm going to search the internet for their demo for the next three to four days until I get my hands on it and memorize every word. Like we're still at that phase, you know, Mm -hmm. like we didn't grow out of that. And that's, that's fucking awesome. And I I am curious uh, about your relationship with days and with lumpy. How did that start? Um, we put out the demo, uh, with RTF Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I had seen that lumpy was fucking with it. He had posted it on his page. Um, and Pat, Kind of like Pat and Lumpy, I think, had worked together on some projects like way back in the day. And uh, Lumpy reached out to Pat and he was just like, hey, you know, I'd I'd love to do something with this band. Um, And Pat was like, yo, you know, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think about doing an RTF Days collaboration and and putting out a tape? And I was like, let's do that. I would love to do that. Um, And then, you know, that kind of kind of sprung talks about a full length and uh, some other things that we're working on right now. So it's like, you know, it, it just kind of came like, you know, the way I think that it should, you know, like the Jersey label puts you out, it's DIY, you know what I mean? You get a little buzz and then the bigger label starts to notice you. And just like hardcore is supposed to be, two friends come together to put out a record, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to try to put on a band from New Jersey that's trying to put on New Jersey. It's just like, you know, it's a snowball effect. Yeah, I definitely think that that's the way things, uh, you know, the, the natural progression, because I've talked to so many bands where they will put out their first demo or EP and then they instantly want to start shopping it around. And I'm just like, I was like, if you write good enough music, that stuff will come in time. And, you know, you put in the work, you know, you get that exposure, you go out, you play shows, you start making waves in your local scene and the neighboring scenes. I feel like those offers will come instead of you having to go out and try to, you know, make an offer to to get the offer. So I I think that's like the, the in my opinion, the right way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think music like the music's got to speak to the to the person that hears it. Right. Like. Mm-hmm thing about art is once you create it like i can't control whether or not you're gonna like it i can't make you like i could just put it out put out the realest thing that i'm in love with you know what i mean and the songs that i think are the greatest songs ever you might think is ass right like but the one song that i'm like "Ah, i don't even know if we should put that on the tape you might be like dude that's hot that's the fucking one so that's the beauty of music right so you create this art you put it out you put your shit your feelings your thoughts all of that out And then people get to have the opportunity to check it out and love it or hate it, like it, whatever, pass it on. And we were very fortunate to be working with Pat right off the bat because Pat really does open a lot of lanes for bands, Um, has, you know, ever since I've known him, he's just a, he's a promotional machine. He's a networking guy. 
He's got a lot of great ideas. He came up with the whole, um, the whole Newport Tate, everything, the look, everything was designed by him. Like, you know, uh, he's just, he's a great mind. He's just, you know, a great mind has, it has a great, has a great, uh, finger on the post of what, what is cool and what, sh what things should look like and how they should be representing, uh, representing the band. And we were lucky to work with him and, you know, Lumpy checked it out, fucked with it. And, you know, the rest is just kind of history. And uh, I've been enjoying, you know, getting to know Lumpy. I didn't really know him before this. And you know, I like knew that Days was putting out Pain of Truth because like I'm not fucking under a rock. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like I didn't really know Lumpy. And, uh, you know, now we bullshit and it's, you know, it's great. Dude's fucking hilarious. He's maybe one of the more ridiculous people that I've had the opportunity of, of being introduced to. So like I've been enjoying it, you know. It's just like we're fast friends because, you know, when you fuck with NJ Bloodline and you fuck with Bulldoze and E-Town and Fury of Five, I'm going to fuck with you. You know, like it's just the way that it is. If you like Biohazard, I'm I'm probably going to like you. You know what I'm saying? It's just the way it is. It's just how it goes. And, uh, you know, being being kids that, that grew up in this area, sort of the tri-state connection, you know, Lumpy's from Long Island, Pat's from, you know, Central Jersey. I'm from North Jersey. It's like, we're, we're all, we've all been involved in this scene with specific bands that really just like changed our lives, you know? hundred percent. And I'm, I'm curious at the beginning of Bayway, when, when you guys, uh, you know, put out your music, uh, can you remember what the, uh, you know, reception was like from the, the local scene? I'll be honest with you. Uh, we played our first show ever. Um, and you know, we were loading up the trailer and I walked outside and Stickman was outside and I walked up, introduced myself to him. And he was like, yo, I was really feeling the set. And I mean, when that happens, you know, immediately, like you got to take a gauge. Like, I don't want to start feeling myself. You know what I mean? I want to be like this overconfident asshole. But like I, at that point, I'm like, yo, this dude who I've fucked with for so many years, who's put out such bangers, just told me my shit was sick. You know what I'm saying? So like, after that, like we went to go put out the demo and Pat wanted to put it out right away. And we were feeling pretty strong about it. And, you know, the demo did well. It sold really well. Um, the the uh, first demo was on gold, which we just really did because we wanted it to be the most ridiculous thing possible. We just were like, yo, gold foil. Like, what's the gaudiest, you know what I mean? Most ridiculous tape that you could put out. Gold foil, let's do that. It did really well. People were fucking with it. And um the show offers started to roll in, you know, and, you know, you know, when things are going well, because people are just like sort of coming out of the woodwork to tell you about what they like about what you're doing. And then a couple shows later, people are singing the words and you know what I mean? And people are going off while we're playing. And it was just like, it started to pick up, you know? And then once Lumpy reached out, it was kind of like, it, it was kind of like, yo, people we might got something here you know people are starting to fuck with this like heavy and uh you know after we put that out and the first um press of the, the newport uh sold out in like 11 hours or something like that which mm -hmm. is like i saw that bro if you would have told me that was gonna happen when bayway first started i would have left this podcast right out the fucking building i would have been like yeah yeah whatever motherfucker why are you fucking with me you know like that was a crazy day like i couldn't believe that that shit was happening um and then they were like, well, let's do another press. And then we start talking about the full length. And I was like, well, clearly we have something here. And then Fury of Five put us on and put us on that really big show for their record release. Mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, 
when you start doing songs with Stickman and you start having days support and you got a guy like Pat Garrity backing you up and people coming to the shows and singing the words, you know, it just starts, it starts to snowball. And it's just, I'm just happy to be a part of it, man. I'm just riding the wave. Yeah. And I feel like I got on right when, like around the time, like cease to exist, the single dropped because I was in Philly uh, you know, hanging out with uh, Jacob Smith from Fool's Game, and we're just like talking about music, like what what bands we're in, and he he brought up Bayway. He's the one who who put me on to Bayway, and I Jake, uh, shout out to Jake. Yeah, sh- shout out Jacob for that. And I I you know he he spoke so highly of uh the band, and I felt I was like wow, like I'm so out of tune because like I've never even heard of Bayway. So obviously if Jacob, uh, you know, obviously mentioned you guys are all friends, but if he was talking this positively about the band, I was like, I, I need to check it out because obviously I, I'm, I'm probably missing something here. Uh, so when I went home to California, I, uh, you know, checked out the band and, uh, you know, caught up to speed. And uh, now I'm a, a fan, like a, a real fan. So I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm here, uh, you know, to, to, to witness, uh, you know, these things happening for you guys because I think it's awesome. Dude, I can't thank you enough. Honestly, like, there's so many people that talk about bands and this and that. And like, I know I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm just as guilty of it. Right. Where like you hear about a band and then you're like, fucking life takes place and you forget to check them out or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy that, you know, it stuck with you enough for you to go check it out. Obviously I'm so grateful that you fucked with it. I mean, like we poured our heart into it and I'm glad that you fucked with it. Like, that's really all I can say. Thank you. You know what I mean? And thank you for giving me the platform to talk about music on your podcast. I appreciate the shit out of it. It's like, you know, it's been a great experience for me. And like I said, I'm just trying to ride this fucking wave and and be happy in my life and just keep creating music with Bayway that makes me feel good, represents Jersey Mm -hmm. in a way that I feel like it should be represented. And and that's it. You know, like that's the end goal. Like I've been asked like a couple of times, like, yo, what's what's the goal for Bayway? Like, what you want me to say? Like Roadrunner Records? I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, here's my goal with Bayway. Like, write music that people fuck with and have as much fun in the process. You know what I mean? Like, have the world's most fun and and have, you know, and just enjoy my life, man. And just put, and put on for Jersey. That's it. First and foremost. Hell yeah. And, you know, before knowing about your band, I've, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, digging through like my memories. Like, I don't even think I've even heard the word Bayway. So I, I like looked it up and <laughs> it, it all, it obviously it all ties back to your area. Cause I, I looked it up on Google Maps cause a little pin popped up and it's like right there, like, you know, not too far from Elizabeth. And I'm like, wow, this must be like, you know, like a local thing. Cause like I could not find like a legit definition for it. Yeah. I mean, that, that was what Stickman said to me the first time we ever talked. He was like, it's a, if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, if you know about Bayway Refinery and the Bayway area, then, like, you hear the name and you're like, oh, shit. Bayway, like that, you know what I mean? Like, you know exactly the spot. You can think about it. It's like a very gritty, um, like, the Turnpike connects there. The Gothels Bridge connects there. It's just fucking fuming factories, just spewing pollution. You know what I mean? It's just the 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 absolute definition of jersey grit if you take a look at the bayway refinery you'll you'll see that you know what i mean in in photo form and um you know it's just it's just where we came from you know it's it's union county hardcore that's just what it is and so many greats that came before us came out of this area um you know nj bloodline and e-town are, are the obvious ones but there was a bunch of others and they all you know they all put on for the area and they all made music that was was very unique and i'm i just want to i just want to do that and i just want to be unapologetically new jersey 
And you, you mentioned that Pat came up with the artwork for the Newport sessions. Was that like that whole concept uh, created by him or was the idea to, you know, have it, you know, obviously modeled after the cigarettes, uh, you know, was that from you guys? No, uh, that, you know what, we went back and forth on, on, you know, what we were going to do for the tape. And we have like, truth be told, we have like almost 15 songs recorded. Right? Oh, wow. okay. So Pat was looking at it and he was like, yo, we should do this song. We should do that song. We should, you know, let's just do a quick tape and put it out and, and get something out there. Cause we were like, we're dying to get new music out. Like, you know what I mean? I waited a month to put out cease to exist and it felt like fucking an eternity. Mm-hmm. So as we were bullshitting about it, he was like, bro, what do you think about this idea? And um, as we start talking about it, he's like, what do you think about putting it in in like a Newport pack? And I was like, nothing to me sounds more New Jersey because like I can't like the, the demo starts off with, yo, let me get a new a pack of Newports in a Dutch. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, if I told you how many times I did that exact thing in my life, like went and got a pack of Newports in a Dutch. I can't even count like, you know what I mean? I have millions of fucking times. So when I did that, I didn't even tell the band. I was just like, yo, I'm a, I'm gonna put a little intro in or whatever. And I showed them and they were laughing because they've been in the car with me when I've done this exact thing. So it's like, you know, it just really tied into the band's aesthetic mm-hmm. and, and what we're, what we are as people and we are Newport people. We just are. And, you know, it, it just really, it just fit us. It, it was so fitting. And, uh, you know, he was he was the mastermind behind that. I, I, you know, he he created that. He was the genius behind behind the Newport soft pack. And uh, it looks ridiculous. I mean, so, you know, shout out Pat Garrity, fucking RTF Records. That motherfucker, that motherfucker puts on for the scene. I'll yeah. tell you that. Whenever I see Newports now, I, I don't think of, uh, you know, the cigarettes. I think of you guys now. So I, I think that's that, funny. That's all, that's all a man could ask for, right? You know, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's awesome. I mean, it was funny because. <clears throat> I had like Lumpy sending me pictures of Newports like that were on the ground, like, yo, check it out, Bay Waves everywhere. And I was like, this is so ridiculous because it's the truth, you know, like you take something that's like so iconic, like like the Newport pack, and you you turn it into this like, you know, this like hardcore collectible. It's just the coolest fucking thing ever. And the fact that he turned it into a pack and then he wrote Surgeon General Duck Motherfucker on the side, like he's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's the most ridiculous shit in the world. And it's peak insane, and I just love them for it, you know? Yeah, no, it's uh, great marketing. I definitely uh, appreciate it. Uh, and whose idea was it to drop it on 420? Um, well, I mean, if I could drop everything I do on 420, I would drop it on 420. Okay. Um, we were playing with Fury of Five on 421, mm-hmm. so kind of wanted to do the 420 drop because we thought that that would make the most sense. Obviously, you know, there's, you know, quite a bit of of reefer smoking that goes on in this band. You know what I'm saying? Um, it just is part of it. It's part of the culture over here. So, like, as I'm sure you see many of those things in California, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And uh, so, like, 420 just made the most sense. I had made jerseys that had 420 on them, um, you know, for Pat. And I think it was just like, it's always sort of been a joke. Like, oh, what time is it? 420. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, 42069. Like there's, you know, you always go into like these specific jokes and it's kind of been an inside joke forever. And so it just made the most fucking sense. It was like, we're playing with Fury 5, 421. We'll drop the tape on 420 and it'll just be an extra layer of ridiculous added to the Newport tape, which was already kind of outrageous all on its own, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And if, if you could speak about that Fury Five show, what was that experience like for you guys? Uh, for me, it was surreal uh, because I never thought that I would get that opportunity. Uh, I played, I've played with E Town. I got to play with NJ Bloodline. Um, I never got to play with One for One. I would love to. Uh, Dan Murray, if you want to get him back together for one show, I'm down. Um, but uh, you know, playing with Fury was a dream come true. It was just like one of those things where when they came back. I went out and saw their first uh, their first reunion show. Hold My Own was on it. Threat to Society was on it. You know, a bunch of these Jersey bands, Raw Life. And, uh, you know, it was awesome. And I, I just, all I could think of, Bayway was at its beginning stages at that point. And all I could think of was like, fuck, man, I hope I get this opportunity, you know? So like mm-hmm. a year later to get the opportunity was surreal. Um, you know, to, to have... To have Stickman co-sign the band the way that he did, do a track with us the way that he did, was he don't have to fucking do that. You know what I mean? Like he don't have to do any of that. And he did in a big way and fucks with the band. And that's like surreal, you know, and like he's given us cool advice about what to do, what not to do, you know. Like he's been around a long time. So he, you know, he knows the ins and outs of shit. And uh, you know, so that was great. And and to be able to go up there and support them uh, at their release show and have our own release happen the day before and really just like have a New Jersey moment like that as a band was just surreal. So I can't thank them enough. Shout out to every member of Fury of Five. Those guys are great. Uh, they're hardworking band. Um, and it's, it's awesome to see, to see them back and, and doing the things that they, they do, you know, they, they haven't lost a fucking step. That band's wild. And for people who may not know, how did sick man end up on the Newport sessions? Um, so he came out to our first show. Um, he was like just checking out bands in the area, supporting the scene or whatever. Um, we had a conversation. Uh, we talked a little bit, you know what I mean, about this and that. We kind of became friendly. We started talking. And I told him, I said, y'all, I'd, I'd love, you know, I'd love to get you on, on the record. And he was like, uh, I'm down to do it. And uh, we started, you know we started going back and forth on what the lyrics were and they like matched without us even knowing what the fuck we were going to be writing a song about. And like, it was just crazy. Like the chemistry was crazy. And, um, you know, I had him in the studio. Um, I recorded the Newport sessions. So I had him in my studio. I recorded his vocals and like, we didn't have to go over shit. Like he was like, I'm gonna do my shit. And it was, it was what it needed to be. It was classic stick man. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. What an insane experience. And, you know, just having having that moment was great. And, you know, having that friendship with him has been has been even greater. It's not something, you know, if you told me in 2023, you know, you're going to be fucking with Stickman and Fury 5 and and they're going to be on your record and, you know, you're going to be out supporting them. I would have told you you're crazy, you know, so it's like it's just it's a surreal feeling. But uh, I'm thankful for it. I appreciate them, you know, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. But, yeah, I just hit him and I was like, yo. You should be on the record. I would love to have you. It would mean the world to me. And and he did it and crushed it. So shout out to Stickman. Thank you. Appreciate you. Okay. So 420, the record drops. 421, there's the show. 422, I follow you on social media. You, you post this screenshot. I'm not sure if it was from Twitter or your Facebook from a couple of years ago. And you wrote, you know, two years ago, I said this Bayway is not an overnight, uh, you know, sensation. Can you speak about that? Is there a significance to that date? April 22nd? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, April 22nd, I had been in a band for about 10 years, um, struggling, touring, 
doing a bunch of shit. It was a death metal band. Um, like I said, it wasn't my scene, but uh, I, it, you know, you become attached to things. Sometimes your attachment to things is good. Sometimes it's bad. My attachment took me 10 years down, you know, the wrong path. I don't regret it. I'm not upset. I had great opportunities. Um, you know, I learned a lot, but at that, at that time, you know, two years prior, that was me letting go of that band being done making music that, that sounded like that. And that was me saying, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going, I'm going back to my roots and I'm, I'm going to start playing hardcore again. And I'm going to start getting out there and, and putting myself out there and being vulnerable and, you know, being truthful, telling the truth in my shit. Like I'm not going to write lyrics about some shit that I don't know about. Like that's not happening. Like I was writing like murder gore lyrics for death metal and like it, it fits the genre or whatever, but it wasn't me. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Like it just wasn't. So that's what that was about. I dropped that at that point And I said to myself, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to write the stuff that I want to write. And I'm going to be happy doing it. And I'm going to get back with my friends in that hardcore circle that I discussed earlier with you that I've been friends with forever. These guys that understand the integrity and friendship part of hardcore. And we're going to do something and we're going to have fun. And I'm not fucking, I'm not going to ever like squander the opportunity to do what I, what I want, what I believe in. And I'm, I'm going to be unapologetically me. And that's what that was. And, um, you know, it's crazy that it lined up the way that it lined up. Like you said, 420, it drops with days with RTF. 421, I'm on stage with Fury of Five. 422, it just popped up in my feed. And I was just like, bro, like, it's crazy. And that's why I said that. You know, Bayway is not an overnight sensation. Mm -hmm. Like, it was two years in the making. I mean, it's it's probably 20 years in the making if you want to really get technical. But, you know, it was two years in the making where I said, I'm not, I'm not fucking around no more. Like, I'm going to do what feels natural to me and what comes natural to me and and be unapologetically myself and New Jersey. And I'm just curious, and the the Bayway jersey that you have, the 22 number on it, is it is there any is it, is that connected or is that just different? Yeah, it's a it's a one to one. Bayway motherfucker on the back. Uh, always pay attention to what's on the back because that's what's going to change. That's going to make the limited the limited shit even more limited. Okay. But the the Bayway uh, 22, that's the year the band started. Okay. So. That's why that one's mine. That's the one that I rock. And I try to wear it at every single show. Um, the one show that we played um, for for Greg Holmione and, and uh, Dylan, I, I wore a 908 jersey because it was all about Union County Hardcore that night. And I just wanted to rock a Bayway jersey that had 908 on it and just put on for jersey. But um, yeah, that's the significance of that is the 22 is the year. Um, and that's when the band really started and when I committed to it full-fledged. And um, and that's why I rock that one. I feel like it's the roots of the band. And it, I feel like every time I wear it, it it just like empowers me. You know what I mean? It makes me feel like like I'm in touch with where the band started and why why it started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome that you're able to step away from something that was a part of your life for so long. Because right, 10 years is not a short amount of time. So for you uh -huh. to 
to, um, you know, uh, get the courage to step away and want to do something that was more fulfilling for your life. I, I, I think that's awesome that you're able to, to do that. And, you know, you're able to look back, you know, here you are uh, just two years later and, um, you know, you're already having success with this thing that you've been working on. And, uh, you know, who knows where you can go from here. But I, I think it's really cool that you're able to do that because, you know, people do get uh, content or, uh, you know, comfortable and scared to, to get in a position where they're uncomfortable and uh, in a whole new situation where um, they don't know what could happen. So for you to be able to do that after so long, I, I think it's really great. Complacency is a killer, right? You know, I think the hardest thing for me, I know for me personally, I've gone through a lot of traumatic experience in my life. My weakness is, is you know, I wouldn't even call it a weakness. I, I consider it a strength now because like being vulnerable was, is hard, you know, it's hard to put yourself out there, you know, like, I mean, the shit that I'm talking about on world of suffering is not shit that like people are willing to talk about It's shit that people would rather bury, you know what I mean? And I just don't see a reason in burying it anymore. It's part of who I am. Like, this is the life that I lived. Does it suck? Sure. I mean, but I feel like that's what it is. Like the theme is strength. The theme is overcoming the bullshit obstacles that life puts in front of you and not letting, you know, the trauma and the nonsense define you. You know what I mean? Turning it into a strength, turning your hardships into strength and overcoming it. That's the theme, you know, and and that's that's what Bayway is about. For me. It's just about being vulnerable and showing people that in being vulnerable, it can become a strength. 100%. No. And I, I am curious about uh, World of Suffering because I, I read uh, a, a snippet from you saying how you uh, freestyled that song. Uh, did, you, did you know that uh, type of content was going to come out or was it just, uh, you know, you were just in the moment and you just let it all out? I, there's there's certain things like certain songs where like something will hit me and I'll be like, yeah, and I'll jot some I'll jot some shit down. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's other songs where if I can't jot some shit down, like if it's not working, then I just put the headphones on and I just start recording vocals and whatever happens, happens. And the only thing that I had going into that song was the duck motherfucker aspect mm-hmm. because Pat was like, I'm going to write surgeon general duck motherfucker on it. And I was like, that's hilarious. I'm going to start the song with duck motherfucker. Cause that's hilarious. Um, so I did that. And then after that, that it just kind of like, I don't even know what made me say it. And like, to be honest with you, I was like, sort of, sort of like not wanting to put it out because I was like, I don't know, this is a little too raw and this is a little too much of me. But like, as people listened to it, like as I played it for people, they were like, yo, like it is what it, like it is what it is. Like it's raw, but it's fucking real. Like it's real. Like you, what are you supposed to do? Like, and you know, the fact that like, I don't think I could ever sit down and write that down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I'm writing that down, you know? And like, so it's just a matter of like, I guess where your head's at. And like, like I said, the over, the over, um, the, the theme overall has been strength. And it's like, when I think about that, I think back to like, you can't live my life. You couldn't walk in my shoes. You know what I'm saying? Is like, that's how I feel like, man, like most people that had to deal with this shit, they would be fucking broken. You know what I'm saying? And I know I was. That's why I know I can speak to the brokenness of most people because I've been there. I've been broken. You know what I mean? I've experienced shit in my life that's fucking horrendous. And it is what it is. But like I said, I don't think I could have ever wrote it down. 
You know, I don't mm-hmm. think you write something like that down and then make a conscious effort to put it on wax. That's just something that comes out and then that's it. You know, it's world of suffering. Like it, it just is what it is. Like that's the world that I was living in. That's the mentality of the song. And it's just the world of suffering. Yeah. Well, for you to to actually put it out, because obviously after recording, you, you didn't have to. I, I, I think it's awesome because you know, there's, a, there's so many bands and a lot of bands don't really, uh, you know, have a message or have relatable lyrics or things that you know they, they could listen to uh, that has a, a real meaning. So talking to you and, um, you know, reading these uh, interviews that you've done and knowing that there's like these are personal lyrics. I, I feel like that's another uh, layer, uh, you know, of the band that makes me like you guys even more. Yeah, I mean, it all speaks to just trying to be vulnerable, right? Like I'm trying to turn that into a strength. Like I could, I could write a bunch of lyrics about whatever, you know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But like when I write about what is actually occurring in my life or has occurred, I take the power back from those situations and I'm, I turn it into my power. And then when people reach out and they say, Hey, you know, the shit that you said, like, I really identify with that. Like, that's crazy that you said that, but like, yo, I fuck with that. I fuck with you. Like that, that to me is everything, right? Because like most of us that are that got involved in hardcore, like I said, like I got involved in hardcore because I didn't have a family. Like I wanted a family so desperately. Like I, that's all I ever wanted. And so, you know, coming from this fucked up reality into hardcore, like I was drawn to the bands that were real. to the ones that spoke about, you know, the real life shit that they were going through, you know? Like I was drawn to E-Town Concrete, not because I'm from Elizabeth and my sister dated their first bass player, but because, you know, he's talking about not having a father figure coming up with his mom, who wasn't exactly the best, but she did everything that she could to try to get him on, you know, wanting to make money, always being broke, always being down, you know, stuck in poverty, overwhelming pot. Like these were the things that spoke to me. You know, I identified with that and I understood, you know, that these people existed in this area and that this was a home for me because these people weren't going to judge me based on whether or not I had the hot Tims or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They were going to judge me based on what I did, who I was as a person, my character, you know, that whether or not I showed up when I said I was going to show up, that's what you get judged on. And uh, and that was it for me. I was hooked, you know, and Jay Bloodline spoke to so many real life things and his pain. You could hear it in his voice, his pain and his struggles with addiction. All of that. He was so open about all of it. And uh, that just spoke to me. You know, that shit's real. Like you can't there's no no clouding. That, you know what I mean? Like being misunderstood, like Fury of Five, just like, you know, always feeling the need to have to explain yourself because people are not getting it. People don't understand you like that. That to me, that's me. You know, I, that's how I came up. I was, I never felt like anybody understood me or could understand me. Then I found hardcore. Mm-hmm. And is it a trip? Uh, you, you probably uh, may not think about it, but you're going to be that for some young kid in hardcore today. You know, I could only hope to be that, you know, that's, that's all I could hope to be. Like, I feel like success is is measured in many different ways right mm-hmm. yeah like people measure success with finances they measure measure success by you know plays and likes and things like that 
I, I think I measure success in what you just discussed. I think I measure success in if people come to me and they say, yo, what you wrote really made me feel a specific way. Like you touched me or you empowered me or you made me feel like I wasn't alone in a situation. That is success for me because that's what it did for me. Mm -hmm. So like you can keep the money and the bullshit. All of that is cool. I'm not saying I don't like money. I live in capitalist America. But at the end of the day, like that's how I define success. When people come up to me and they're like, yo, that set was crazy. I was going off. Like, that's great because that means that a kid just got all that anger out. You know, all of that shit that you keep inside that you should not go to a bar and let out, mm-hmm. you know, should not take out on somebody in traffic. That's where that's the that's the arena for that shit. That's where you get out all your problems. And that's what I always loved about hardcore. And that's all I could hope to do. You know, that's 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 how you that's how you're supposed to give back, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I think it's really important for you to be so heavily influenced on the, the bands from your area and to to now it's your turn to to do that for, uh, you know, the, this new generation uh, of, of hardcore. So it's like kind of like this, like, you know, this full circle thing for you, which I think is pretty awesome for someone to because l- like we talked about earlier, not everyone sticks around. Uh, I, I know so many people who have come and gone. So for you to still be here after so many years and, uh, you know, now you're, you're able to be in this band Bayway and to uh, be yourselves and hopefully, you know, give it have an outlet uh, for people who may be troubled and lost, just like you were when, when you were longer, uh, younger. Excuse me. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. That's what it's really all about for us, man. Mm-hmm. That's what it's really all about. We just want to have as much fun as humanly possible and, you know, put on for New Jersey. And if I could help people along the way, that's a tremendous success. And one thing I, I'm curious about, right? Uh, uh, Bayway uh, started in 2022. Uh, here we are uh, about to hit the halfway point of 2023. And you guys haven't been super active right away. Have you guys played what, like five or six shows at, at this point? We're on our sixth or seventh show. I think it's sixth. Mm-hmm. Are, are there any plans, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, you guys are obviously are getting more popular with like, you know, the tape selling out with the backing of Days. Uh, is the plan to uh, get more active and try to travel out a, a bit more, do more stuff in Jersey? Yeah, I think right now um, we're kind of prepping for a release show, like a release party that okay. we're going to throw in Jersey. Um, so that's not really announced yet. So I sort of just announced it here, uh, but the date's not settled. The bands aren't settled, so I can't go too much further into it, but we're working on that right now. Um, that's our next thing that we're like heavily focused on. There is, okay couple of shows in july that are in late june that we've talked about that i don't know how confirmed they are but those are going to be big when those are announced i think people will really be excited about that um we're talking with days about getting out to connecticut and uh you know hopefully that works out i'm sure it will um and right now we're focused on getting out this full length that's probably going to be the next thing that we do um is really start working on uh getting this full length together and getting the releases together for that and there's definitely like the band wants to tour um we're we're super into the idea and i feel like right now it's just a matter of like the offer's got to be right things got to be right things got to line up correctly and you know and and we'll and we'll do the fucking thing you know like there's been talks about going out to Detroit, hitting Chicago, Ohio, 
obviously we would love to get out to Cali. I mm-hmm. mean, seeing there seems to be outrageous. So I would love to experience that. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just a matter of time. I think, you know, we're not rushing into anything. We're just kind of like riding the wave excited for where things are headed. And, you know, when the right opportunities come across, um, you'll see us, you'll see us for sure. Okay. Uh, and I, I want to uh, talk about the, the full length. Cause you mentioned you have 15 songs recorded. Are those all for the LP or were you just, uh, you know, re- recording songs just as you had a backlog or something, a backlog of riffs uh, that you're working on? No, uh, all the songs were recorded. Like we recorded like 15 songs. A couple songs became the demo. Okay. A couple songs became the EP. And then there'll be sort of a collection of new stuff and stuff that you've already heard for the LP. Okay. So that's, that's where that will be those 15 songs. And the reason that we did that was I feel like a lot of times you hear bands, they sound a certain way on their first shit. And then it kind of like, I don't want to say it falls off, but maybe the sound changes, you know what I mean? Or things change a specific way or whatever. I just really wanted to grab that moment, you know, Mm -hmm. like you don't get a lot of opportunities to grab a moment. And we were writing so consistently at the time when the band first started that I just wanted to make sure that I sort of like, you know, the same way that, that dudes, that Hey Five Six is out there, you know, fucking taking hardcore every camera shot of hardcore and just has this whole backlog and history of what's going on. I just wanted to do that, but on a smaller scale with the band, Mm -hmm. I wanted to like have that lightning in the bottle from the beginning and just grab as much of that as I could. We just started writing new songs, um, two, which is great. We're going to probably record a whole nother batch of songs real soon, but we grabbed like the first feeling of the band, the raw feeling of the band in 15 tracks, which was awesome. I had never done it before in a band. It just struck me as an important thing to do. And I just thought that like, yo, we have the ability to do this. I'd love to record all this stuff, get it on wax and take the first version of this band and, and be able to give it to people, you know, raw. And do you have like a time frame on when you want to try to get this full length out? On Thursday, I have a meeting with Pat from RTF. Mm. Uh, We're going to discuss a few ideas. And then Lumpy was super busy over the weekend in Atlanta. So he was doing his thing. You know, that motherfucker is always working. Mm -hmm. Uh, So after me and Pat bullshit, um, we're going to we're going to have a discussion with Lumpy and just get together on when we're going to do it. Um, It's already been settled that it's it's going to come out RTF in days. So it's just a matter of a matter of release dates. Um, I, I think I don't know how much to talk about or how much I can talk about. So I won't talk about the physical mediums in which it's going to come out, but I don't believe it'll be exclusive to a tape. Let's leave it there. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't have a release date yet, but we'll see uh, probably start seeing announcements about it within, you know, the next month or two i would imagine what about a music video you know i i i've been asked that a couple times right Mm -hmm. and like i just i just don't know like it hasn't the opportunity hasn't presented itself to the extent that i feel like it needed to yet and like i think like it's like one of those things where like we sort of like all have like a little bit of a vision of what a video should be like but none of us are like full-fledged on what the vision should be 
Okay. So it's like sort of in the works. Like we don't rush anything. Like we really don't. Like it's like you got a good idea. I got a good idea. We'll just keep working at it until those ideas meet each other. And then when it's right, it'll be right. And we'll do it. Okay. Well, I hope, uh, you know, there's one at some point. Cause I, I feel like, uh, with the, the vibe that you guys have and the type of music, I, I, I would love to see a, a music video. I, 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 I love music videos in general, but not every hardcore band does it. So I hope, uh, you guys do it in the future. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I really would like to showcase the aesthetic, like just where we're from. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that, like that to me is so much, it makes up so much of our sound. You know, like if you could see if people all over, you know, the US, whatever, worldwide could see like really where we're from, I feel like the understanding of the band would be even further. You know, like I feel like people would really get it. So I'm interested to do it. Like I, I would love to do it. It's just like I said, it's a matter of of picking the right song, you know what I mean? And 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 doing the right video and and having it line up the way that it needs to line up. 100%. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time today, but uh last thing, I I'm I've been curious about your crew neck this whole time. What is that? Uh right here, RTF oh. Records. Oh, it's an RTF uh crew neck. I mean, listen, I told you before, man, this, this guy, he's a fucking he's an ignorant genius. I'm telling you, this fucking guy's got, he, he just like, you know, this is, um, it's an old, it's an old NJ Bloodline tribute. So NJ Bloodline sort of had these, these kickboxing, you know, like Kung Fu, um, like just aesthetic, you know what I mean? Like that's what they were about. And, uh, so this is a play on that and Pat RTF, he just, he always comes up with hot shit. It's just like he I don't know whether it was his calling in life or what, but but that's what it is. It's just just RTF, little kickboxer. You know what I mean? If you check out the back, it's got it's just that jersey style, you know what I mean? And oh, it's just the 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 back was cut out. I think you're standing too uh, tall. Okay. Sick. Okay. Oh, that's sick. All right. Yeah, so that it's just a play, it's just a tribute to NJ Bloodline, really. You know? And um and that's even in World of Suffering, like I say, excuse me, scumbag, that's that's a tribute to Reek NJ Bloodline all day. Like uh it's just it's just knowing your roots, man, and showing appreciation to the ones that came before you. All right. Well, Jay, this this has been awesome. This has been more than I could ask for. I, I could say that I'm walking away a bigger fan of Bayway. I, I hope uh, you know your your band's future is bright. I hope more people uh you know check you guys out. But before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Nah, I just want to say, you know, shout out fucking Fury 5. Shout out E-Town, uh, Stickman, Ant Money. Uh, shout out fucking RTF, Days, Lumpy, Pat. Love you guys. Um, shout out to my fucking band. Every member of Bayway for working as hard as they do. And everybody that watches this, listens to it, supports hardcore, supports the scene. Whether you like Bayway or not, know that I fuck with you. And that's really it. I don't I don't care if you fuck with my band. If you support hardcore, I fuck with you. All right. Well, once again, thank you, Jay. This has been amazing. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Goodbye.